podcast just us fanboying yes. over NFL players? Women can't. Women can't. Women can't. Women can't parlay. Par ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to <laughs> Women Can't Parlay. Yes. We are your treasured hosts, Jess and Rain, <laughs> yep. as always. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Please, 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 please take the tiniest minute out of your day to go specifically onto Apple Podcasts and subscribe, Great. rate us, review us. And then while you're at it, just head on over to Twitter and Instagram. Give us a follow. Give us a follow yeah. at Women Can't Parlay. Yeah. Um, there is a glitch on Apple Podcasts right now. So just go on ahead and do the, the five-star rating. They aren't really accepting any other ones. So correct. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Insider note. Yeah. Just FYI. <laughs> uh, good news before we really get into it. It was the Cowboys bye week. So we probably won't talk about them like, you know, 29 times today, but yeah, we can't. No promises lose. though. We can't lose and we probably won't talk about them. So you're welcome. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, no promises. We'll we'll see how it goes, but hopefully this will be a light Cowboys day. We'll we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I'm here to tell you uh some people aren't really catching our references and by some people, Everyone. I mean No, just like really dudes. Um the Zach Siler thing, if you don't get that, then <laughs> I mean, stop what you're doing. Go to Netflix cuz I'm pretty sure it's on there and watch She's All That. It was the number one 90s movie rom-com. Maybe number one movie of all yeah. time, but RIP Paul Walker who legit oh. is one of the used to be one of the nicest, hottest human beings and somehow in this movie, he was the biggest douchebag. Yeah, but he's still hot as fuck. So. Still so hot as fuck. And Freddie Prince also. Don't get me started. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean, I already Yeah. Did. My 15-year-old self was obsessed with that movie, and I still am. My mom, it like, loves that movie. Oh, it's incredible. It's a great movie. Great movie. It's all the factors that you need, including Jeopardy, another fallen hero. Oh, yes. R.I.P. Alex Trebek. Yes. I'll pour one out for him right now as we speak. R.I.P. All right, moving on. Sorry about that tangent. (laughs) All good. All good. You know what time it is. So this is on y'all because we've only heard uh, a couple... Uh, yeah, speaking complaints. of feedback or people not <laughs> understanding things, yeah, this next uh, segment we're bringing back is the penalty box, which is a, a choice penalty box. Yeah, we're we're very reluctant on this one, but we're gonna do it. But we yeah. don't we don't necessarily agree with this, but we're putting ourselves yeah. in the penalty box because we're getting a lot of heat on the whole Cliff Kingsbury thing that we said last week, which. <laughs> All I'm going to say on that is I think people misunderstood that we were implying that Cliff Kingsbury is a bad coach. Mm-hmm. I want to clarify clarify that we were in or we were in no way, shape, or form saying that Cliff Kingsbury is a bad coach. <laughs> we were just merely expressing our opinions, which we are allowed to do. In that, it's just our podcast. Interesting <laughs> that he's already an NFL head coach, and I'm just not quite sure how that necessarily adds up. Personally, for me, that's my feelings, and I'm sticking to them. Yeah, Please do not at me. I do not. Care. Care, but 
We are going to put ourselves in the penalty box just to clarify. We were not saying he's a bad coach. We were just questioning the manner in that he got to the current position that he is in now and how exactly he earned that spot. Yes, totally agree. And I guess we said we were going to each say something nice about him. Yeah. I have a couple of nice things. One has nothing to do with him, but kind of does. I will just say I never said he was a bad coach, obviously, like we've covered. I think he has a great eye for quarterbacks. He's obviously had some great quarterbacks like, you know, Duh Mahomes, Menzel, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, obviously a great quarterback. Um, I'm I'm sure I'm missing some obvious ones, but I think he does have he has that an eye for gift, talent. and that's important. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's my good thing. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that was kind of my good thing too. <laughs> no, he- I mean, I would argue that he didn't even have a winning record at Tech. I would have to go No, he didn't. He was fired. He was fired at Tech after five seasons, and his his record was 35 and 40. But I mean, like, I don't even know that he had a winning season. Yeah, probably not. But like, Tech never had a defense, though. So you could technically argue that he was the reason that Tech even won any games because the offense. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, so good for you. I I, I don't wish bad on anybody. Like, I always hope, especially a young... I I mean he's a Texas guy. I always root for Texas people. Like of course, I just of course. I'm yeah, shocked that he's an NFL head coach given his history. Sue yeah. me. Fuck. Yeah, everybody fucking take it chill. God, everyone calm down. Let's, let's move on. Guess what? This isn't a Cliff Kingsbury podcast. No, and we're not pivoting to that. No, be nor over, will we certainly. ever. So moving on. That's our only penalty box for ourselves this week. It's It's been over two minutes probably, so peace. Yeah, there we go. All yeah. right, moving on. Well, I guess this is where we ready to break it down. Bow, chicka, break down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just to catch everyone up, if you are not following us and haven't seen on our social media, we'll start with college. We went eight and four on our college picks last week. Those of you who don't know, that's a winning record for the weekend. <laughs> yes, yes. We're still killing it in the college games, man. Uh, not so much the NFL this week, but we'll get into that later. So just to start off, Michigan, what the fuck's going on there? I don't know. We won't. I mean, there's not much to get into. I mean, Michigan, Wisconsin, rivalry i mean yeah Wisconsin won michigan there's a lot of, they're, they're a hot mess uh harbaugh i mean fans are pissed they i know him out i love a good brother coaching situation though but i have a, i have a couple yeah i have a couple oofs for for that game only you know i love weird stupid stats <laughs> that don't mean shit to anybody let's hear um, but so there was a 28 to 0 lead at halftime right wisconsin mm-hmm. over michigan which was the largest deficit michigan is faced at halftime of a home game since 1927. Yeah, I think they put that up on the screen during the game. How do you I not? was like, holy shit. How do you not? Like, yeah. we weren't, nobody was, nobody listening to this was alive in 1927. Is, yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> One other thing, I feel for them, something's going on, but from, I just saw, I saw this tweet. Michigan's defense has zero sacks and has forced zero turnovers in their last five halves of football. So they're the first Big Ten team over the last 15 seasons to not record a sack or a takeaway in five consecutive halves. Jesus. Yeah, like something's got to give. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but yeah, like. You could chalk it up to COVID. I know the the delay and I think there was a lot of bad or hard feelings with and I don't know that you can put this so much on Michigan but just them like not starting to you know 
till they right. did and and the whole like them not even possibly <laughs> going to play for a while yeah, absolutely um, i mean i think i think that's the kind of general consensus right with everything even nfl that the amount of injuries and everything that's been happening it's like could yeah. absolutely be due to no preseason like no prep the, less preparation than normal i mean i think you're totally right on there yeah it's i don't know i there's something going on there i mean there's just like an yeah. obvious dysfunctionality and there's coaching player issues I think that are obvious and I don't know what it is but I mean sometimes teams just go through funks right there's also yeah. that it's a tough year it's, it's yeah. a tough year for everyone specifically Michigan I, I will add that apparently Harbaugh is the fourth highest paid college football coach yeah having no national championships or even appearances so that's yeah. interesting yeah it's like Hey. Interesting count number one. There yeah. it is. <laughs> like, it makes me want. It makes me wish I was born a Kardashian or something. You know, like give me a good last name. Maybe that's not it. Obviously, they've proven their winnings, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Next, want to bring up? It was um, actually Friday night's game, Cincinnati East Carolina. Since he was up thirty-two points in the fourth quarter, and they faked a punt. And yeah. this caused quite the stir on Twitter. I know um, I saw. So I think personally out of context, when you hear something like this, you're like, what the fuck? That's, that's mean. Uh, yeah. Totally. And to give a, a, a tiny side note story of it, it immediately reminded me, I'm like, oh, wow. Like they were up and they faked up. Like, this is insane. Well, it just reminds me when I was in high school, played for a very, 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 very small private school. What? You mean like 80 kids in our entire high school is small? You got it. One hallway high school. Hey, there were two hallways. You're right. You're right. It was an L. There were two. It was like a T. It was a like a T shape. shape. Yeah. Speaking of, maybe that school was built in 1927 to pull it. Uh, it was built 1800s. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm going to catch shit for not knowing this off the top of my head. Fuck. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was old. It's old. 1890. 1890. Yeah. That's right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right there with the facts. Right there. I know. You got it. You know, I got it. Uh, everyone's got it. It's called iPhone. It's called Google. We got this shit. But. <laughs> So it just, that really brought me back to in high school, obviously the the small times 10 school, we were really good. We always played with each other for, Uh, you know. Yeah. What, like 13 (laughs) consecutive state championships, which four you were a part of. Yeah. I, I my senior year, we lost one game. (laughs) Oh yeah. And it wasn't state. Okay. I won state four years in a row, but Point being, our coach, he played, uh, I believe, at Michigan basketball. Um, oh, I think you're right. Yeah, an incredible badass. Uh, probably could have gone to the league, but either way, he was so stuck on us not running the score up, but he would he would let us do it, it, it to a certain level, but never let us get over 100 points. So I just remember one game my freshman year, I didn't ever play because we had incredible players above us. So my best friend at the time and myself are sitting on the bench and he puts us in. And <laughs> it's like, we get a breakaway, like I get a rebound, which is insane. So my friend goes down like snowbird, sprints to the other end. We get down there. I have like this beautiful open bounce pass to like down on the block. She lays it up seamless. It was beautiful. Scored 101 points. <laughs> Got our asses in trouble. So, I mean, I don't know how long we ran. We'd probably still be running if yeah. uh, we were there but it's just like so to me immediately I was like yeah man that's dumb 
But same when you actually dig into it or if you watch the game. Yeah, initially excited. it's like you hear that and you're like, what the fuck? That's, you know, rude. That's mean. Rude. But then when you understand where Cincinnati's at right now right. in the rankings. So they are 7-0 and this season and they've gone up, you know, when you look at like their points margins and the teams that they've faced. I mean, they've had an impressive year. And they should definitely, you know, not be overlooked. They are contenders from what I can see. Right. And I think they're um, upset because currently Ohio State, who has only played three games thus far this season. Yeah. They're currently ranked third and Cincinnati is down further. I mean, I want to say like somewhere like eighth, tenth, something like that. And I think they're just trying to push that narrative that like, hey, like Ohio State is where they're at because of who they are and what they've done in the past they're not being ranked based on what they've done this year and we deserve to be in that spot or at least like considered so I think they're just trying to make the statement and make some waves to get that conversation moving because I don't think they're I don't think they're wrong I mean I I I don't disagree with it Um, I totally agree and then it brings up another great question right of I don't necessarily know what goes into ranking college teams right like that's one of the most confusing things to me yeah it's it's not easy yeah because I agree. I mean, the coach, like the head coach for Cincinnati, actually, he had a little makeshift apology for Coach Houston of East Carolina, but it was like literally said, quick apology to Coach Houston, 42 and 10, and we had a fake punt. It wasn't exactly something we planned or called, but would not want to do it in that situation. It is what it is, but you can't take it back. So to me, I'm like, even that is kind of like, shit, what happened? Did did the team actually do that? He said it wasn't a called play, like that the, the- team did it themselves but i don't know i i don't they're know. just covering their ass <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm not sure what's going on there yeah a very a, a quite lengthy conversation <laughs> after the game from what i understand anyway but uh i anyway. guess we'll move on from that but next up on the college discussion is smu losing to tulsa went oh, so no much. score in the second half blowing a large lead <laughs> Excellent. Fucking up our pick. <laughs> yeah. One thing I, yeah, a lot of things fucked up our picks this weekend, but yeah, we, this, this was one of them. We had SMU minus one and they cover that spread. Yeah. For obvious <laughs> Somehow. reason. Somehow. Yeah. With a, a number 19 versus a, a no ranked team, like yeah. whatever. But I just want to draw quick attention to these particular mascots because I always, I love a mascot situation. SMU, obviously <laughs> the Mustangs, but you look at Tulsa and they're the golden hurricanes and I'm like, God. It makes me think of a podcast I listen to, Shameless Plug, uh, My Favorite Murder. Oh, yeah. It's uh, a good one. Yeah. They're known for not knowing anything about sports. So anytime they do a specific, they talk about a specific murder that happens in a city or a college town, and they bring up the college, they'll just shout to one of them like, oh, Georgia, what's the mascot? It's like... They'll say something incredibly ridiculous and out of nowhere, like, oh, well, the Southern Air Vents. <laughs> what? So, like, what I saw, like, I don't know, just watching this, I've never paid attention to Tulsa before. So, when watching this, I was like, what the fuck is a golden hurricane? Like, <laughs> is it weird that it almost sounds sexual? Oh, totally. Like, I, like a golden shower, but no, like a I golden, know. golden hurricane. <laughs> I'm terrified of what that. Yeah, I have no interest in that. But that person needs to go to a urologist. Yeah. (laughs) 
gross. Now, well, but also Tulsa needs to go back to the drawing board. Also that. <laughs> redo, redo. Um, anyway, that's it's so crazy, silly, but um, that's what it made me think of. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, my favorite murder. They're great. Um, anyway, yeah. So moving on. SMU, Tulsa, clearly <laughs> this. The golden hurricane. <laughs> yeah, golden hurricanes. <laughs> I'm never not going to think of this anyway. Nope. Sorry, Tulsa. It's ruined forever for me. God, I know. Um, I actually love Tulsa as a city, so I don't know. We'll come back. We'll circle back. We'll go to a game. We'll we'll go to a game. We'll get some Golden Hurricane gear. We'll wear it. (laughs) Um, I'm into it. So I have a lot of thoughts on this game. I'm ready. Lay them on me. Well, I think they both have just come a long way, right? So obviously SMU being ranked at all since 1987, they got the death penalty. So they, and then they also, which means they couldn't, like they canceled NCAA, they canceled their entire fucking football season. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's then, like a really good 30 for 30 on that. Oh yeah, definitely. Pony Express. Yes. Also a great good stuff. But the crazy part is, right, so it's called the death penalty. And this is due to, obviously, the NCAA looking into everything. And there was a, the biggest thing for SMU, they had something called what they call a slush fund, uh, which is just under the table payments to players and their families to like incentivize them. So the, the crazy part to me, well, it's all crazy, but one of the crazier parts is they got this death penalty in 1987. So I think like in 86, the NCAA was like noticing a bunch of this shit and SMU was definitely under investigation. So they came out with this rule, like, if you keep doing this, then we'll cancel your season. Well, they were caught in 1987, got the death penalty, couldn't play home games, even in 1988 season. Yeah, they weren't allowed to play home games. And then SMU decided to suspend their own shit for like, lack of viable team, like they couldn't even nobody wanted to go play there, obviously, because yeah, wow. so they canceled their own season after that. So it took I mean, literally forever for them. I mean, since then, they had one winning season over the next 20 years. They didn't even make a bowl game until 2009. So yeah, rough, rough times for uh, SMU athletics. That was the only death penalty ever imposed on a division one program. And the only time the NCAA has canceled a football playing school's entire season at any level. Yeah. So that's insane. I mean, I get it. They had to make a point, but like that shit hasn't stopped. Oh, fuck no escalated that's why it's like it sucks that they made an smu the 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 guinea pig guinea pig the guinea pony yeah um but then you throw tulsa in there and they've actually they just got because they beat SMU, right? Rank 19. They are back. Now they're ranked top 25 for the first time in a decade. Well, I mean, yeah, I was going to say my watch. history, uh, my knowledge and history of <laughs> Tulsa Golden Hurricanes is uh, quite wow. limited. Yeah, I know. But I just, I couldn't help looking into it. And it's even more crazy because it's the second time this season that they've defeated a top 25 ranked team. So that's never been done in Tulsa history. Way to go. Way to go. Golden hurricane. Hurricanes. At a girl, man, I really Pretty. want, I really want like some, some golden hurricanes gear now. No, I know. We're definitely going to have to do We're going to do that. Um, anyway, sorry. Yeah. I just, I like to dive into history of things because I think it's, I don't know, stats and things are cool, but anyway, moving on. Yeah, definitely was a wild history of SMU for sure. And if you haven't watched that 30 for 30, I highly recommend it, but great segue though, into our guest for this episode. We're going to break it up a little bit differently. And we kind of touched on it last 
last week, which is what snowballed it to be a topic of discussion. And yeah, it kind of fits perfectly as a segue from this SMU talk in regard to collegiate athlete compensation. So it's a hot topic. Yeah, it is a hot topic. We have a couple <laughs> guests that would have direct knowledge and experience in exactly at that level. Here is our interview with them. We have Hassan Farid and Evan Coachman. Let's get started. <laughs> Let's go. Well, first off, we want to thank our guest for joining us today. Yes, guys. So we have we have Hassan Farid over here. Hey, everyone. <laughs> and then we have uh, Evan Coachman. Hi, how you doing? Uh, we'll start with you, Evan. I just want to get a quick background. Like, what's your relationship with sports and sports betting, if you will? Well, I have a massive gambling problem. I have a debt <laughs> to about three bookies. No, <laughs> I am a uh, casual sports better, more for entertainment on the weekends when I'm with my buddies. My sports background is I grew up playing sports, specifically football through college, where I got to play at the same college as Hassan. And then after college went and was actually able to coach in college at Western State in Louisiana. And then again, at Kansas State out in Manhattan, Kansas. Cool. All right. Haas, same question for you. Uh, Yeah. Played college football in a small division three school in North Texas and played defensive end and linebacker. Had a blast doing it. Uh, Sports betting wise, uh, really just betting money lines with buddies on NFL games. I've never even, I don't even know how the bookie thing works. All right, Jess. Last week, we touched on collegiate athletes and their compensation, or I guess lack thereof. Thought would be a great conversation to have with both of you. As you know, we just found out y'all have some exposure to that area and there's some movement happening, rules changing in relation to them receiving compensation. So we just thought it'd be a good idea to have y'all on, have a conversation about it and might be relevant to kind of the things that we've been speaking on in our podcast. So, so I would say let's just dive in where your opinions lie in the topic of should college athletes be paid or not or not. All right, Evan, take it away, man. I'd love to hear what you have to say. (laughs) Should college athletes be paid? I would say yes, from the main premise. And this has nothing to do with me working in college athletics. Right now, if either one of you wanted to rewind back to when you were in college, you probably were able to get a student work ship of some sort uh, or apply for that ability to where you could work, I don't know, eight to 10 hours a week and you could make compensation off of that. And Hassan and I were able to go to a university or that me too. Rainey also went to the same school. So <laughs> yes. I'm a uh, loser. I didn't go to college. <laughs> but we were able to get whatever it was, eight to 10 hours a week at minimum wage. I, it's besides the point of the monetary value, but we had that luxury and we had that ability. Scholarship, and when I speak scholarship athletes, I mean, division two, division one, they don't have that ability because they have hours of you're either in a 20 or eight hour rule. They don't have that ability to go get a job. One of the better arguments that if an art student in college draws something or paints something, they actually can go sell it and they can make money. So if you're asking me, should they be paid? Yes. The second part of that is can they be paid is really, really difficult. What most people don't understand is that there's really probably, I'm speculating, but 25 to 30 universities in the country, their athletic programs are functioning in what we'll call a large profit. Most are barely breaking even. And actually most are, they're costing the university money with what they're doing. And so when you talk about paying, everybody's immediate thought is, well, we should pay the Trevor Lawrence's of the world or whatever flashy name it is 
for that year. But the problem that I get into and that I think Title IX is either Rich Eisen or somebody else brought up. With Title IX, everything has to be equal across sexes, uh, which is, it's awesome. It's great. Outside of football and men's basketball, nobody makes money in college athletics. And so what do you then do to the bowling team, the even the volleyball team or you name it, the women's basketball team? If you're going to pay them, are they taking the profits from another sport? And if so, I mean, I don't want to dive too far down the wormhole, but it becomes a very capitalistic situation. Right. Who's making the money? And then how is that money being spread out? And are you going to do it in a, I guess, a socialist communist type manner where one side is making all the money and then Everybody. all of that money gets spread across? Or is there a tiering system? Are you only going to pay the athletes that are actually making you money? Like the Trevor Lawrence's or the big time names? I mean, what about the kicker that's on the team? Is he going to make you any money? So Harry, yeah. Everybody want, like, I want kids to, I had kids that I coached, like I want them to make money because yes, they do get scholarships and yeah, they make a little bit of scholarship money, but it's not what they should. And the real bad guy in this is the NCAA just makes too much money off of it. There's a slush fund amount of money that is going to an entity that's not being returned uh, in any shape or form, except for we're holding and grasping onto the old school, the idea that, well, we're providing an education. It's like, okay, that's phenomenal. That's great. But this entity is making billions of dollars off these kids. So, so they actually just recently surpassed the billion dollar mark. So you're right. They're now in the billion for the NCAA itself is, right. is one billion. They think they just passed that a couple of years ago is the one billion dollar revenue for just the NCAA itself. But I've never heard of anyone actually bringing up that point about an art student making, drawing a painting. That's a phenomenal um, <laughs> comparison, yeah. um, if you will. But I think student athletes in general are held to different standards than other students. For example, the NCAA historically has prohibited student athletes from, even if they own a business, they can't make money off of that business. Let al- but other students aren't held to that. So they can do whatever they want. They can create businesses. They can cash flow, make a profit or lose money just like you would. And then to take it a step further, the name, image, and likeness of that student athlete is what the university and what the NCAA has made money off of right. since the beginning of student athletics. And that first term student athlete came around like in the 1950s, there was a player and I can't remember his name, Ray something, got injured. He actually died and he was playing in Colorado and his widow sued stating that she wanted death benefit for him. And the ruling came down that no, she was not eligible um, for any type of death benefit because this guy wasn't employed by the university or some odd, something like that. It was something really, really silly, but that's where that term student athlete came from. And then since then, there's been a couple of other court rulings that the NCAA keeps hanging their hat on. Like in 1984, the Supreme Court Justice, he's been long gone, who said that student athletes should not be paid. And that was in the, the ruling or his uh, his argument or his opinion. And the NCAA has hung their hat on that. Now, recently, there's been some really interesting things happening around this stuff, right? Like Governor Newsom out of California, who I don't always agree with on some of the stuff he does. But in this case, he uh, passed and signed into law um, the right for student athletes to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. And that puts state of California and the NCAA squarely opposite of each other. But then a month later, the board of the NCAA actually ruled and unanimously said, yes, we want to move forward with allowing student athletes to start making money off of their name, image, and likes. The one really nice thing about that, actually, I think the NCAA put in their ruling that we're not budging on one thing and that that is that the university or college is not allowed to pay the student athletes. That's so that good. Is, that's good. That's, that's going to be the happen, only way. Which, which I think actually avoids Title IX issues because 
the university is not going to be involved in any capacity. And then furthermore, if the university is not being involved and is not allowed to, that includes boosters or anyone involved in recruitment, then that really opens the door up for capitalism. And that means sports apparel companies. That's what I was going to ask. Um, and, and endorsement deals and social media, like influencers, like that's a big deal these days. Other students can do influencing all they want. If they get, you know, if there's a really, somebody's really great at fly fishing or underwater basket weaving, whatever it is, they can find that company and they can post content about it and then they can make money off. So really that's where it comes down to. So I don't, I think we can avoid the majority of those Title IX and I'm not an expert in Title IX. This is kind of that loophole, which I think is a is a solution or at least a temporary one where at least these people can earn some money and the public and like we said, a capitalistic society will decide how they earn it and how they can earn it. But the tentacles of how they're going to regulate it is what's going to be interesting. No, and I'm, I'm excited to kind of talk about some of those, how they could potentially do it, or at least what if I was in charge of everything in the NCAA. (laughs) (laughs) But let's go back to the the NCAA saying that the university itself is not allowed to pay. I think that's a phenomenal thing because it levels the playing field. It makes it about the player, right? It doesn't make it about the University of Texas A&M, for example, that $195 million and they've had 175% growth in their athletic revenue over the last 10 years. It doesn't make it that which college can pay the most to any athlete is the one who's going to get the best athletes. It makes it more about the athlete because, you know, you rewind five, six, seven, eight years ago, you've got players from Boise State. You've got players from these mid-major universities that are unbelievable athletes that would easily get a contract with Under Armour. And they may only get $25,000, $30,000, but that's still $25,000, $30,000 that they're prohibited from currently being able to make off of their own name and off of their own image and off of their own likeness. So those are the things that I think that barrier breaking through that is a really, really attractive thing. But keeping the universities and the boosters and the recruiters out of it is going to help keep that sport on the amateurism. So, so, and I I haven't heard this exact argument that you're saying, but there's a lot of good things to it. Someone did bring up one of the ones that I was listening to. Super interesting. If they do open up the whole, they can make money off their likeness. What happens if somebody wants to have them come to a dinner party and have dinner with them and they pay them $2,000 for showing up? Because I got, I mean, think about Johnny Manziel at the height of Johnny Manziel, how much money he could have made for showing up to anything. Yeah. Well, I think at this point that is allowed. I think there's certain regulations, like we were saying, based off like it being a booster or some regulations on who can pay them and what they can pay them for. But for an appearance fee, you're good to go. So at this point, guess, what they've le- really, reg- the rule, what they've really allowed actually, now is that. Yeah, the rules won't actually go into effect until 2021, 2022 uh, academic years, uh, as, as far as I know. But appearances will be included. What you're not allowed to use, the conference logo or the university logo or the NCAA logo, you're allowed to use the, your name in the school name that you attend. But you're not allowed to use any of those other logos because they're all traded. See, in my head, I just I'm I can't get on board with it because I can see it right now. As far as there's a kid at Duncanville right now, who, and there's a kid at South Lake Carroll, which are two North Texas high schools that are both considered the number one quarterbacks in their respective divisions. Like, hey, come to this university, and basically they tell them that you're going to make more money because we can get you more appearance fees, we can get you more this, we can get you more that. Then it it's, it is that capitalistic. It's the whole reason that every that the NFL went to a salary cap. Yeah, like it's so that the rich 
coaches don't absolutely dominate everything, which they already kind of do in the NCAA, but this is just another way for them to get their leg up. I do think that there needs to be rules. And just because those might be difficult and they may take years to iron out doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it because for the past 50 years, and especially in the last 15, those universities, the NCAA has made billions of dollars off of these student athletes and they don't treat them the same way as other students. No, I, I, you're all of the things that you're saying are correct. I guess the issue that I have is a lot of money is also coming from TV contracts, which is not necessarily because of just one person or another person. I mean, people are going to watch Alabama no matter who shows up. People are going to watch the University of Texas no matter who shows up. And there's also a contingency that people are going to watch KU basketball no matter who puts that jersey on, they're going to watch it. And the schools are making money off of that. So the schools aren't off scot-free here from the NCAA. Just And I don't know the financial side of it well enough. There just seems to be so much red tape when it comes to that. And as Isn't a division, this kind of like the solution of how to do that? I mean, I do kind of see this as, in my mind, somewhat of a scapegoat for in the NCAA because mm-hmm. we still haven't addressed the fact that they're making billions of dollars off these student athletes. So I do think there's a little bit more there, but I get what you're saying, and especially when it comes male versus female divisions, everything it is very difficult to put a dollar on these student athletes. But what the NCAA, the NCAA has done is finally say, okay, we're going to allow you to be paid off of your name, likeness, image. So yeah, the Trevor Lawrences of the world, they're going to get paid because they're Trevor Lawrence. And yeah, maybe a fly fisher may not get as much money as Trevor Lawrence, but that's just because capitalism, right? Like you're that's gonna... because they're not as popular and it's not as popular of a sport. If you want to make more money, then you need to promote yourself better. It is 100% a scapegoat by the NCAA. They aren't even touched. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, you want to go make money? Like, hey, go make money. That's not a problem. The NCAA is, they get to function as accordingly. But if you are okay with sponsorships and you're okay with paying and people getting paid, then let's just go ahead and set a base salary. And if, and that base salary can be based off of just like the professional model. Look, the NBA players get paid X amount of money. The WNBA players get paid X amount of money and it's based off of the revenue of their sport. If you want to just go down that road, just then you're not going to pay any female sports though. If you go down that, because female sports owe money. (laughs) They don't. So that doesn't, that doesn't work. But to to your point, if you're saying you're going to professionalize it, because the whole basis of the NCAA was amateurism, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be an amateur. As soon as you step into the professional realm, you are no longer eligible. So if you're saying that you have to keep all these student athletes amateurs because that's somehow pure, then why is it that it's a professional business when it comes to capitalizing on those student athletes and making money? Because it is a professional business. Mm -hmm. The University of Alabama, Texas A&M, University of Texas, every one of those big schools, it's a profession for them. They make money off. Yeah, but it's because all these rules were made up in the 1940s and up until really 2000. And you could probably even say till 2005, we didn't see this. Nobody saw this type of economic boom to the point where like view viewership of uh, CBS's game on 2.30 on Saturdays and ESPN's game at 6 o'clock on Saturdays, their viewership is so much higher than really everything but NFL football. And so it's really evolved more than that too. Like I think the power really shifted into the players' hands mainly due to social media, right? Because Mm. they can go in a real-time way and give behind the scenes of what's happening in their lives and they can make money off that. They're these huge celebrities they go from being in a stadium where their names are being chanted to going home and having like no food in their fridge. But on Twitter, on so on Instagram, they have millions and millions of followers that they can profit off of due to promotionary income, but 
they're not allowed to do so beforehand Bingo. under NCAA Bingo. rules. So now that's shifted to where I just feel like the NCAA didn't have a fucking choice. They just didn't. They had to do this because of the the current climate that we live in. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on. I think you're spot on with that. The The world has changed and it's time for the NCAA to step up and make the changes that are going to allow these players to finally, finally profit off of their own name. That, that they own, They're the ones who own it. They own their image and they own their likeness. That's it. So how about this? What if we, what if there was a clearinghouse that was responsible for negotiating these contracts for these student athletes that made sure that they weren't taken advantage of from these sponsors, from whoever it is. And this is just some ideas, but that the money that they're allowed to earn is then set aside into a trust. So, so Evan Coachman, you are the starting quarterback for Clemson and Nike approaches you and says, Hey, we'd love to sponsor you. And and we want to give you $150,000. That $150,000 then goes into a trust for you. It's negotiated by this clearinghouse that's looking out for your best interest. $150,000 set aside in a trust. Now, Evan, if you leave early and you go to the NFL, you have to still graduate. So the only time you're eligible to get that $150,000 or whatever licensing fees are going into that trust is when you graduate. So if you end up going early in, in your junior year, you leave and you don't get your bachelor's degree from Clemson, then you still have 10 years at that point to come back and get your degree and you can get the access to that fund, those funds. If you don't, if the 10-year statute of limitations, if you will, expires, then that money goes into the university's hands and they're able to, or, you know, I'm again, open to figure out where that money goes, but you are no longer eligible to, to have access to those funds. But if you do, let's say in your ninth year, you have washed up in the NFL or you had a horrible injury and you're no longer, you can come back, you can get your degree and now you have access to those funds. But it's a way to protect the athlete because I don't think it's a good idea. And, and 150000 is probably a no low number, right? Trevor Lawrence would probably get deals for a lot more than that. Maybe a factor. Yeah. Also love that he's been our example this whole time. All <laughs> right, yeah. He's a regular he's the, on the pod. Yeah, he's, he's the de facto. Yeah. He's the de facto darling right now. There yeah. is nobody more so, of a darling. So, but, but, we use DJ, but his name is just really hard to pronounce. So. <laughs> We're not doing that again. Well, I did I did say Evan Coachman earlier. So. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Evan Coachman is the starting quarterback of Clemson, right. guys. Let's not forget that. My bad. Congratulations, <laughs> so, Evan. Yeah. Appreciate it, guys. So, but let's say it's one and a half million dollars. I don't think it's a really great idea for a college athlete to be walking around with a $1.5 million in their pocket. That is not a good idea. It's going to ruin their college experience. It potentially could ruin their education. And we've seen it one too many times where guys get in the NFL, they don't know how to manage their money. They get taken advantage of by a lot of other people. And and maybe they, I mean, it's the, it's the Johnny Menzel curse. Like, that's what happens to a lot of folks. So keep that money set aside. Don't let them have access to it. But they should be allowed some nominal stipend of say $1,500 a month that allows them to sp- have some walking around money. Or yeah, like their job, their work study job or their paintings that they're painting on their own time. I mean, they don't have the option to do that normally, then yeah, they should get a stipend. That. So they get that's to draw great. They get to draw on that money of, of call it $1,500 uh, a month that they get to spend. But again, if they leave the university, if they drop out, if they don't graduate, if they go to the NFL, they don't get access to it unless they graduate. And if they graduate, then they have access to that money. It gives them incentive to finish their college degree, which is really the entire point of the NCAA. The point of college college scholarships is to get an education. So mm-hmm. there's a big incentive for you to, to get that four-year degree. And then it also helps preserve that amateur status in the NCAA. It's kind of a win-win. I think if we'd have to do some research, but it sounds like what the NCAA is doing with the Olympics. 
is if you win a gold medal, 25K, and then you get 25K at the end of your career. Now, I love your stipulations on you've got to come back and graduate. Uh, maybe it's not from that university because I could see there being some red tape on, well, I washed up you know, in the minors, for instance. Under Armour came in to a baseball player and said, I want to give you $150,000. And he's like, hell yeah. And so they put it into a trust and then he leaves after his junior year because he gets drafted in the ninth round or something like that, and then washes up after three or four years in the minors, I could see them saying, well, I want to take that money and use it to graduate, or I don't have the money to get back into graduation. That could all be worked out and figured out. Uh, So I like the idea that it's making them come back and get a degree. I don't like the idea that it goes back to the university after 10 years, because I think there are some megatrons, like Johnny Manziel still doesn't have his degree, and he probably could have three million worth of endorsements sitting and waiting on him, but he doesn't have his degree. And I don't think Texas A&M should get that money if it was yeah. off of his likeness. I'm open for debate on that one topic specifically. There also needs to be some prerequisites regarding money management courses that they have to take as a part of Yeah, that. that's what I was going to say. Like access To get access yeah. to that. So I just think that it's a nice way to protect the athlete. It's a way to incentivize them to finish up. And, uh, and then you can control it a little bit more, protect these guys, make sure that the money's set aside and that it allows them to make that money and still earn and draw on a stipend if they have that money in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think these are all really good points. I think obviously it's a tricky situation. Very hairy. I think there it'll be an interesting thing to watch and see how it plays out over this next, you know, especially this next year, because this will be the first time that they've allowed this kind of income for these athletes. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, definitely a very hairy situation. For sure. So Evan, I, I, I was going to say, I don't want to, I don't want to take away from your idea of just saying like, all right, pay the tiers and all that stuff. I do want to see how that would potentially work because I think that once you spread those those funds out across even division one athletes or for example, the scholarship, there's 5,000 full scholarship athletes or partial scholarship athletes mm-hmm. in division one. And, you know, they on average, their scholarship was paid about $38,000. When the coaches for division one, there's 530 coaches that got paid $480 million. That's an average of $760,000 per coach. So why are these coaches on average, even I'm talking about you included, if you're division one, right? Those coaches, $750,000, that's exorbitant compared to what these student athletes are able to, to gain access to. No, so my first response to that is, A, I didn't make $750,000. I would still be there. Uh, B, you brought that average down. Average. <laughs> brought that average way down. Um, <laughs> but I haven't thought through it, uh, thought through my ideas as well as you've thought through the, I really like the, the get paid, put it into a trust, and then you got to go back to school because there's a lot of small logistics that could very easily be worked through. But basically, I would division one athletics to be run like a business and that each sport gets a certain amount of money. And that includes your coach, that includes your equipment, that includes everything so that you can stop this game of, well, coach makes seven or, you know, seven million because the other, there's an entire other side of it that's not on this podcast where you have coach, head coach makes seven million and then his assistants combined all make 1.2 million. And it's even worse on the strength side. You have head strength coaches that are making $500,000 a year and their assistants are making $75,000 a year. And it's silly how the money is spread out, just like everything is silly in NCAA. So first thought of how I would like things to be run is that I just want it run like a business because I do want every athlete. My wife was an athlete. She played softball in college at a division one level. 
Like I think she should have been paid and I think it should have been more than what you said, the $5 and 60 cents, which is what it would be if we you know, split it among everybody. But if you then took a step back and was like, look, softball program, AD, your softball program has $750,000 a year to work with. That's your scholarships. That's your coach's money. That's your budget. Figure out how you're going to pay them. And I would have to be able to sit down and go through it more pen and paper and really jot through it. But I genuinely would just like to see it go to a capitalistic model. Athletic director A, you have this budget. You have X amount of dollars that get to go to these sports. Figure out how you're going to make that work. If you want to make a splash higher and go hire somebody for a stupid amount of money, you're just like you are in the NFL right now. You're behind the eight ball on paying money. I know the NFL doesn't put their coaches in salary cap, but I would like to see something along those lines. The likeness thing is going to be good, but they're just buying time. That's all they're doing. They're buying time. They're buying hopefully two years before it gets brought up again. And somebody really puts the screws to the NCAA and is like, okay, you're now at $50 billion and you're still not paying anybody. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I think we're going to see because next year they said these rules are going to be rolling into effect. So I'm very excited to see how they try to to roll this out. If the the president of the NCAA wants to holler at me, I'm available. I'm available. (laughs) Thing. At the Egyptian, we've Egyptian. already figured it out, right? Like, I've got, I've got plenty. Here we are. Of this is the team. I, I really do think you're onto something. Do so. I'm, I'm down. Ten percent. I do think you're onto something. Yeah. Finders fee. Awesome. Yeah. No, I, I think this was a great conversation, and a lot of points brought up. Some I've never even thought of before. So. And I, yeah, and I think this could go on and on, especially with these two for sure. So okay, let's not <laughs> eye roll that hard. My God, I'm, I'm eye rolling zero percent. I just, I know y'all and I know this could continue. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with, but our listeners actually would probably rather listen to y'all than us. So <laughs> the positive. Yeah, all seven of them. Evan, it's always a pleasure, man. Thanks, Hassan. Guys, thanks for having me. This was fun. I appreciate being on it. So have me on anytime. Come back next year when they've actually ruled on it and we'll see how how, how well it's <laughs> yeah, we'll going. We'll follow up. We'll do a follow up. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's Post not going to go well for the NCAA. Post COVID. No more COVID next time we come back. That's right. Yeah, for sure. In person. In person. For sure. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Love that idea. Thanks for having us. Thank you guys. <laughs> and we're back. We back. Yeah, so we're back. Hope you enjoyed that discussion. Yes. Hope it was informative. Hope it uh, got your minds churning. We'll move right along here and we will get into NFL. NFL. Yes. This last week, which note, we, due to what we will call scheduling conflicts, are currently recording this on Monday night. The Monday night football game between the Vikings and the Bears is currently happening. It's Um, happening. It's happening right now, so we're not going to have any takes on that. And, you know, maybe that's good because we've had a lot of Bears talk recently. So yeah, we'll, we'll see likes what happens. Bears anyway. <laughs> Just kidding, Ryan. We'll see what happens. And if anything exciting is noteworthy to talk about, we'll uh, talk about it next week. Or, you know, maybe we'll record like a quick snippet yeah. if we we'll absolutely need to. Yeah, we'll give you a PS. So anyway, aside from the Monday game, which we can't exactly count in our talk today, this past weekend or this past Sunday was pretty Real? ugly for our picks i will say basically we could call ourselves michigan (laughs) i don't know if i would go that far but um, you're right our overall record is decent yeah i mean we're fine we just had i think like a lot of people it was a rough one we went five and seven it could have been not not great but ultimately overall we're still good i think our all-time record to date is 46 31 and one so yeah Yeah, she ain't too shabby yeah but i think the perfect 
perfect game to start with in the segue into NFL would be Browns Texans because we all know that is one reason we are five and seven and I'm assuming like most of America 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 you might be feeling the same pain that we felt as Nick Chubb was running down the field not a defender in sight yeah, and back. he decides to take a take a right hard left the at the one yard line. Yeah. Hard, hard left, yeah. right there, and ruined all our hopes and dreams. Uh, yeah, sports books around the U.S. were probably in an uproar, if you will. Very entertaining, I'm sure, to watch live from a sports book this weekend. <laughs> it hurt a lot. Yeah, it hurt a lot. Hurt a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I mean, that's yeah. what betting is, right? <laughs> For sure. Next heart-wrenching game for what I would assume most gamblers would be the Bills Cardinals. Oh, golly, y'all. Yeah. Which I will say, thankfully, you girls here, we <laughs> had Bills plus two and a half. Yeah, we did. So we were good. We it worked out okay for us, but uh, I don't know. I don't know about everybody else out there. That's a tough one for uh, yeah folks. Yeah. So obviously, biggest play of the game, the Hail Murray, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, best Love pun that of the line. Weekend. Yeah, best pun of the freaking season so far. Great one. And un- undeniable talent from both DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray, clearly. But I can't not talk about you know we're going there. You know we're doing it. You know, you know we're doing you it. You know we're doing it. Would you rather us talk about Josh Allen or the Dallas Cowboys? I'm I'm asking for a poll's sake. <laughs> okay hit us up Um, let us know but we're probably going to talk about both let's be honest (laughs) yeah i can't josh allen obviously undeniable talent (laughs) god what the fuck we're dying we're dying what is wrong what are we we're going down is this going down is this the podcast gods telling us to like to stop stop fucking trying <laughs> the lord is taking our voices away from us so we can't harm the rest of the the world anymore oh, uh, anywho, anywho josh allen undeniable talent you know i've been secondarily rooting for the bills this season i've deemed yeah. them my team but never above the cowboys never which sidebar cole beasley had a good game go cole mm. love you miss you dude um, um, also undeniable talent. Well, yeah, for real. You know, Bills, I mean, it was a good game. This was a good matchup. Bills yeah. didn't win. Cardinals won. I know the Bills had some COVID issues. I think they had a lot of issues there. But I think these both of these teams are really good. I think we're going to hear a lot more about them as the season goes on. Yeah, I agree. Um, but it was just, it was a great game. One of those once in a few season kind of Hail Marys that actually makes it. And Yeah, I mean, they uh, got, those defensive players got mossed. Yeah. I mean, that'll definitely be on ESPN this entire week. Oh, yeah, and, for and, sure. Uh, It'll probably be one of those, like, that we continue to see highlight the re- the remainder of the season, if not life. many seasons to come every time yeah, they history. have this matchup. or Yeah, it's history now, for sure. No, I heard a stat today. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins said, or I guess has been known to say, that he trained his hands by catching flies. Oh. Yeah. You know who's right. a great fly catcher? Me? Rainy? No, I'm a good bee catcher. Oh, was it bees? It was was bees. Damn it. Bees love a mimosa. Okay. Yeah, they do. They do. And Rainy Rainy. will snatch them right up. She will actually escort them outside and release them back into the wild. Because they eat bees, people. Save the bees. (laughs) 
Oh, great brunch. That was a great brunch. Sorry, guys. Tangent number 75. Sorry. All right. Moving on. The Packers almost lost the Jaguars. Yeah. Um, Except for this was in our in our L column. Yeah. And they didn't because of mother fucking Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He's a hate to love kind of guy for anybody that's not a Packers fan. Like love to hate. He's incredible, obviously. I'm I'm a notorious Aaron Rodgers hater, and that mostly has to do with the fact that I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. Yeah, I think I'm just a Green Bay Packers hater. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I don't think it has anything to do with like the specific people, but I'm just yeah, exactly. I'm never gonna like the Packers. So like, if you play exactly. for them, I'm probably not gonna like you either. And that's just the hard facts of the matter. Yeah, hard facts. Yeah, I refuse to put myself in the penalty box for anything Aaron Rodgers related. So no. I'm not doing that. We're we're allowed to have opinions on things, yes. okay? Yeah. And yes, are those opinions swayed in the favor of us being Dallas Cowboy fans? Absolutely. <laughs> That's just life. I don't want to hear it. Also, we have to listen year after year. Y'all talk shit about how bad the Cowboys are. So yeah. we don't yell at you for that. Yeah. I don't well, anyway. I yell at Chris Collinsworth for that. Well that that's a, that's a whole nother thing. We we yeah, can't. We'll have to say we'll have to create that's, a whole episode for Chris Collinsworth. Yeah, that's a blatant attack on the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Well, I will say too. Again, I don't really want to like get into this, but we actually last week I cannot believe we didn't bring up the fact that da- the Cowboys game from last week was commentated by Tony Romo. And- oh no, I know that was the best part of the. I whole can't game. believe we like totally <laughs> didn't even talk about that. But I, love, I can't either. Love that- when he commentates, and um, I wish people <clears throat> Troy Aitman would take I don't know a fucking page out of his book and stop hating on the Cowboys so much just because you want to seem objective. I get it. No, I get it. And I'm going to... Tony Romo was just like a fucking freak of nature. I don't care what anybody says. He's like a scratch golfer. He can play f- basketball. Yeah. He clearly can play football. Uh, if you hate on Tony Romo, please at me because I'll yeah, go at fucking me toe to toe. Please yeah. at <laughs> me. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get crunk. We will. Okay, we'll- we got to move on. We're going to yeah. do this. We're right. going to do it. I know. Right. Fine. We didn't go super dumb. <laughs> We went Tony Romo. We showed our colors on that one and I don't give a shit. (laughs) Oh God. Okay. Okay. Moving on. Tangent over. Tangent over. Packers almost lost to the Jaguars. That's hilarious, except we got a loss there in our picks. Not cool. Anywho, Saints 49ers. Drew Brees hurt. (gasps) Thoughts. Rib contusion. He's going to be out to two to three weeks. Lung collapse too. Oh shit. I didn't see that. Yeah. He's going to miss some (laughs) game time for sure. Knowing Drew Brees. Yeah. It does say collapse lung. Uh, Knowing him, which he he did get rocked. I don't know if you guys saw that hit, but like it was rough. Ugh. I feel for him, but he he's a motherfucking saint. <laughs> Nice. And honestly, James Winston, he hasn't played terrible when he's gone in. So I'm not that worried for the Saints in this situation. Well, they also have Taysom Hill, who is literally just like a running back, a quarterback, a tight end. Maybe he'll block some punts. Like he's everything. So yeah, I mean, they should be fine. Michael Thomas is back. Everybody else is in good health. As far as I know, I mean, minus their defense, I think they have some issues going on there. It's still fucking Monday. So God knows what could happen between now and Monday, especially in COVID sports. So you never know. Yeah. Speaking of COVID, Sunday was the first day since COVID NFL season started where they had zero positive COVID tests. Oh, really? Yeah. Cities are shutting down already all over the the country. So yeah. 
it's back and it's, it's, uh, well, I don't know that it ever really left to be honest, but, uh, people keep talking second wave. I'm like, fuck, we didn't even handle the first wave. What are you talking about? And also like second wave, this is more like the third or fourth wave. Yeah. Right before the holidays. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah. Be lucky if we finish the season. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving and Merry fucking Christmas. Happy New Year. Come on 2021. (laughs) Yeah. Which I love that moment for everybody that we think. 2021 is really going to make a change. Yeah, I know. It's we have to have something to look forward to, right? I love the hope. Yeah. Yeah. Next, our regular on this podcast. Yo, Dolphins Chargers. Chargers versus and Tua. Let me just say, I thought I was going to have a thing with the Dolphins and you let me pick them <laughs> and we got it. Boom. See? Yeah. yeah. They covered. Yeah, I they- went with the Dolphins. They didn't play a mind game with me where like I, of course, picked them this week so they don't cover the spread. Nope. <laughs> we went with the Dolphins. They covered the spread. Thank you very much, Tua. I appreciate it. Yeah. Miami. I feel like I have to bring up my Seattle Seahawks too, which God, man, they're having a hard time right now. And I was really rooting for them too, because, and I don't know why I think it's a Russell Wilson thing, but anyway, so I somehow root for the Seahawks, but I think it's because there's so many freaking players on that team that are just insane. And they have like the Griff or yeah, the Griffin brothers on defense or one-on-one. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not really a big Seahawks fan. I, I'm not rooting for them necessarily, but I'm a I'm a Russell Wilson <laughs> fan. I'm a Greg Olson fan. I'm a Greg Olson fan. I love Greg Olson. And I'm so glad he's still and it's like Jason Witten too, right? Like they're two yeah. of my favorite tight ends of all time. Like yeah. do you, man? Like they both were commentating and then they were just both like, nah, that's not really for me yet. And yeah. and they wanted to keep playing the game and I love that and they moved on. But I don't know. Seattle, I don't know why. I don't know if it's their uniforms. I love the neon with the navy. I don't fucking know. do love their uniforms. They they do have some sick uniforms. Yeah, and so while I don't love Pete Carroll or really understand that nope. whole situation fully, I love a Russell Wilson. I love Lockett. Don't get me started on DK Metcalf because that will be its yeah. entire podcast on its own. <laughs> yeah, we've but, discussed him in the past. He's, yeah, like we are fans. He's a specimen. He's a freak of nature. He's in that category. But yeah. sorry to distract. Let's move. On. <laughs> All good. Bucks, Carolina. The Bucks are back. Tom Brady looked like his self. This was another loss for us because I don't know. I just fucking and then they didn't. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like the way the Bucks have been playing and the way Carolina has been playing and Carolina plus six, I felt like they yeah. could cover that. Also, the Bucks plane was severely <laughs> delayed the night before. Yeah, they had some travel. Like, it was delayed something crazy, like several hours. They, they didn't, didn't even land in Carolina till yeah. like eleven. Oh. Yeah. So I just felt like maybe that would impact their play. But I know. I mean, Tom Brady did it it again. That's why he's a goat, man. They looked good. They look good. Yeah. You can't count him out. And like he has factors, right? Like it's shocking to me how he, how much he doesn't connect with Mike Evans because Mike Evans is also one of those specimens, right? Like he's a freak, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I feel like they're still working out some kinks for some reason, but still amazing. 
Obviously, they pulled it off. I was on the fence with that game a little bit just because I knew Christian McCaffrey was out. Well, and I will say too, even the past games, like we kind of said last week, I mean, even without Christian McCaffrey, Carolina has played fairly well. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, he's amazing. Robbie Anderson. This is just another example of a game where they hung with them. They stayed in it the whole time. It got away from them at the end, but there for a while, I mean, it was just back to back to back. They scored each drive, each team. But yeah, I was thinking Carolina could pull that one out. They didn't. Here we are. Moving on. on. I put Giants Eagles. I don't know that we really have anything to say about it other than just like, fuck, wow, NFC East standings. I kind of thought ultimately the Eagles would prevail just in in the sense of where everybody's at. And then here we fucking are. The Giants beat them. Their tie, once again this season, is going to help them out. But yeah, I think the Cowboys are technically in last place. So that's really fun and where I want to be in life. Yeah, we're we're in last place again. When's the last time we've seen that? I don't even know. I don't know, but I, I really don't want to know because um, it's gonna yeah. make me mad and sad. And... I don't want to put it in history on our podcast. That's for sure. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, unpopular cowboy fan opinion. I don't know, but uh, gotta say I'm rooting for the Giants over the Eagles. I think it's the fan base that gets me. I personally in my life have more Eagles fans that are in my face posting (laughs) bullshit shit all the time. But if I'm rooting between the two, the Washington football team, like that's not even a thing. Well, I just, I honestly, I probably would go for the Washington football team just because I think it's hilarious that that's their name and they're sticking with it. Me too. Um, I kind of, I don't hate it. I I mean, I think it's kind of hilarious. I love the shirts that are like their colors and it just says football team. Me too. Amazing. (laughs) I want one. Not really, because I'll never wear it, but it's hilarious. But I think if Washington was maybe like more in it, I I would say maybe them. But if we're talking between Eagles, Giants, I'm with you. I'm going Giants and here's why. I don't want to see the Eagles succeed after what they did to Nick Foles. Like, I don't. I think Carson Wentz sucks and... I just don't want to see them do I don't I don't want them to be able to be like, oh, we fucking did this. But I mean, obviously none of these teams are actual contenders, but no. so I don't need the Eagles yeah. coming at us with more shit when none of us can talk shit. I and agree. I don't, I don't want, want to see them in- prevail after what the whole Nick Foles thing. I don't. Yeah, I don't want them to be at the top of the shit pile, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the only other game I kind of had on here was Ravens Pats. Ravens, yikes. I mean, Yikes. the weather was obviously a factor. Yeah. Speaking of Harbaugh's too. Yeah. Speaking of golden hurricanes also, because <laughs> pretty sure they were in one. Yeah. That yeah. Was a lot of the things. Hectic. Yes. Yeah, I don't know that I have much to say about this game in particular. I, I think the Patriots are probably feeling good about beating the Ravens. I was very surprised at the Ravens. I think they were also surprised at themselves. Yeah, I was surprised by the outcome of this game. Like I said, weather, huge factor. Lamar Jackson is clearly an incredible quarterback, but other people saying there's no way you can put back-to-back seasons like that together. Mm. And that's sort of where the Kyler Murray conversation comes in. He's kind of the Lamar Jackson of this season. And yeah. is he going to be able to back-to-back season that? I don't. We don't know. We won't know yeah. until next year. But it's crazy to see Lamar Jackson do what he did last season and then be here this season and just be kind of just like a decent quarterback, you know? Right. 
Like, which I know there are other factors playing into it this year, but he hasn't been able to do what he did last year. Yeah. And yeah. That doesn't mean he- it's a rough year. I mean, it's hard to know exactly. anything this year because of all the different underlying factors that are going on that wouldn't typically be going on. So, but no, I mean, it brings up a good point. Is he for real? I don't know that we'll know for few seasons but I mean I think he obviously is and he's proven that it's just like how far can he take it and can he right and can he produce results that are going to take them somewhere all right well that'll do it for our NFL highlights yeah Next, we will move on to one of our regular segments, and that would be the Mansplaining Minute. Mansplaining Minute. You said that very, very creepily. You're welcome. (laughs) Sounded very my favorite murder. Anyway, so obviously, if you've been listening, this is where we are taking some time to (laughs) talk about different questions or definitions, things like that, terms, yeah in relation to sports betting. So today we are going to talk about spreads. So last week we just started with money line, which, you know, we explained was kind of just basically who wins the game. If you are new to the sports betting universe, you hear the term jets plus 12 and a half. And you're like, I don't know what the fuck that means. That That's what we're going to talk about today. A spread. So in a spread type situation, that bet refers to not necessarily who wins or loses the game, but whoever can win accounting for the spread. So the spread will be a number and it depends on various factors based on the two teams that are playing, who's more favored and how much they're favored by. And the spread will change based on like right now with COVID and there's injuries or people are out or the way the people are betting We'll change it. So, so we'll just go with our example. Jets plus, I think I said 12 and a half. Yeah. Um, so basically, if you're going to take the Jets in the spread, you're betting that the Jets are going to win based on that plus 12 and a half addition. Oh, so what that means is because the Jets have a plus, they're the underdog. So all factors are assuming that the Jets are the underdog of the game and therefore going to give them plus 12 and a half points. And if they they lose. However, if you add 12 and a half points to their final score and that puts them above their opponent, then that would actually be a win. If the Jets are playing the Steelers and this the game ends at a Steelers 10 and the Jets 3, the Jets cover the, it's a the spread. Plus 12 and a half. Yeah, if you, if you bet the Jets plus 12 and a half then you would win that bet. Now, in opposition of that, if the Jets were plus 12 and a half, that means the Steelers were minus 12 and a half. And if that were the outcome of the game, and you went with the Steelers, you would lose that bet because they were minus 12 and a half. Right. And they didn't cover the spread. So it depends on who you go with. Because the spread is only whichever team you bet to win. And yes, if you have to pick which team you think is going to cover the spread, not necessarily win the game. Right. So, yeah. So that would be a small introduction into what a spread is. We'll continue on that. Obviously, we're, you know, sort of just briefly introducing terms. We will continue snowballing with betting talk. And some of these things we know, but in an effort to do what we said we were seeking to do with this podcast, we're starting slow. We will evolve 
evolve and grow and all of this into more. But we want to make this an inviting atmosphere for people to come and they don't know what a spread is. There it is. So we don't want to assume everybody knows everything. So yeah. Yeah. So that was our mansplaining minute for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) Hit us up (laughs) if you have any comments. Or if you would like to come on our mansplaining minute and mansplain it better than we can. Yeah. DM us your questions and we'll feature them on the pod. We are here for you. We are also learning this this whole universe as well. So, all right. Upcoming week 11, running through games that excited to watch. (laughs) There's a few good ones. Last week, there wasn't as many good ones where... Except for the upset, when the upsets happened. I mean, there were some good games, but I wasn't expecting them to be good. Thursday night's game, I think should be pretty good. Cardinal Seahawks. Yeah, it, it will definitely be. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, I think the moment where the Seahawks have to prove themselves right because the Cardinals already have. So. Yeah, I would say this is a big game for the Seahawks. They're going to have to figure something out. I did see they picked up a running back, I think, in hopes to kind of create a running game. They need more depth in running. And um, no, they definitely they do. pick someone up, though. So they're trying to make some moves. This is a big game for the Seahawks if yeah. they want to be true contenders. I'm really excited that it's on Thursday because some of these Thursday night games and Monday night games have been just like trash. Yeah. No, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Pretty- I'd well, say. Especially because like it's Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. Yeah, for sure. Good matchup there. Sunday night's game is Chiefs Raiders, which should also be pretty good. Is it? Where is it actually? Las Vegas. Okay. Then it'll be more Um, interesting than I think, but... I'm always going to go Chiefs on this, which I don't know the spread yet, but... I would think the Chiefs are going to come out, but I could see it being okay. Yeah. I mean, they're just... They're my second team overall over everything. That's who I cheer for. Yeah, I I was going to say. I should have mentioned that earlier because they're actually my second team overall, period. I don't hate the Chiefs and their success last year. That's definitely who I was rooting for in the Super Bowl. But but I guess the point to bring up is they are rivals. Yeah. I think this game could be good. I think the way where we're at in the season and, and where things are going and the Chiefs have been doing really well. They're yeah. kind of due for maybe not having a great game. So we'll see. But yeah, also rival. The pick Jets. up the Chiefs on that with my heart. So maybe you can look at the odds and actually pick yourself. I know okay. the Jets could get a win this week, maybe possibly against the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I will be watching that game. Lions, Panthers might not be a terrible game. Cowboys play the Vikings. We're going to say it. You know, I'm, I'm definitely yeah. going to watch Avi. I know, which I'm, I'm curious because Andy Dalton's been practicing and he's activated, so. Yeah, I'm wondering what they're going to do too, but I just can't imagine. I don't know. I, I don't hate on, I don't want to hate on Andy Me Dalton. Either. I just can't imagine they're going to put him in over how well Gilbert Gilbert, did. He played exceptionally well that game and wasn't a one-time thing. I don't know, but I think he he's owed that chance. I agree to to get another start. Cowboy quarterback curse, right? I know we're talking going on right now. I mean, I guess the one thing is he didn't have at the very least Zach Martin when when Andy was in. So maybe that. I mean, and that we've obviously stated and have seen that that's a big game changer. So maybe that's what they're thinking. Andy didn't really get a fair shot. And I could, I could respect that. I just feel like Gilbert played so well that game. It would be hard not to give him another start. It depends on what happens at the start this week. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. That's true. The Monday night game is Rams Bucks. Might not be terrible. Yeah, we'll watch it, obviously. Yeah, we'll definitely. Oh yeah, Thanksgiving week next week, y'all. Yeah, so. that's that's true. 
Thanks for sticking with us. I think that's going to do it for this week on Women Can't Parlay. We can't still. So at least we haven't. We haven't yet. Yeah, we still haven't actually done a parlay, which is in the future. Again, we are moving slowly but surely. We're figuring it out how we're going to. Yeah, our strategy. The structure is going to be our gambling. Yeah. We've just been rolling with our picks to get a feel for how we like to go about that and make our pick. Everything is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but we're definitely going to continue and we'll get some stuff going and a parlay I'm sure is in our future. Yeah. It, yeah. it definitely will be. Yeah. <laughs> um, wouldn't name it that if we weren't planning on doing it, but yeah. Well, parlays can also be very fun, but yeah. also not if, if people don't fucking cover the spread. Like the I know we'll do it. We're going to do it. We're here for y'all. Y'all are here for us. <laughs> yes. We appreciate Thank you, to you. Whoever is still listening to this. Hey, mom, dad. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> sisters, <laughs> brothers. All the people that we forced to listen to this. <laughs> after thanksgiving while we're like drunk it's a future apology a future apology this one's for you yeah this one's for you let's drop a slow jam (laughs) cool women can't parlay y'all we love you we appreciate you like our shit follow us rate us subscribe whatever just don't hate on us that's all we ask or do whatever goodbye goodbye Women can't, women can't, women can't, women can't parlay.